Okay. Father, we thank you for gathering us here. We thank you for the ideas and the creativity that goes into creating things. Father, we just ask for your presence and we ask you to fill us with your peace and your words and to let nothing that isn't of you come through this podcast. Amen. Yes. Okay, so we're going to start with, I want you to tell me the story of how the church is founded. So in 2018, probably early June, Earl and I were driving by the this building that we're currently in, and it had been a church back in our childhood. Sometime back in the early 60s it had been built, and we noticed that it was for sale. And I made a comment about, oh my goodness, the old Church of Christ building is for sale. And Earl, just out of the blue, which now I know it was God, said, if I buy that building for you, would you want to have a church and we'll get Melissa Janelle to come and be the worship leader and you can teach the Word of God? And it's a good thing I was sitting in a vehicle because if I'd been sitting in a chair, I think I would have fallen in the floor. I knew it had to be God because that just was out of character or something for Earl to say. And so I said, well, the good Christian answer, let's pray about it. Right. And so I started praying about it. And so Earl just called the realtor and she was out of McAllister and asked her if we could look at the building. And within like a week and a half, we have keys to the building we start we have a small group of about 12 13 people plus us to i did a bible what i thought was going to be a bible study i mean i originally thought that we would do um like a weekly bible study of some sort because i was already doing that randomly with people we had met at the choctaw community center we'd met in a home or two just had a small group that just wanted to do Bible study together. And we took turns teaching and praying together. And I originally thought, well, maybe we would just buy this building and use it for an event center and just do Bible studies. And that's not what God's intention was. When we brought it up to Jake and Melissa, which we really didn't know them very well. We knew Melissa was a very anointed worship leader. Um, we admired her worship style and so when we met with her and Jake um, they were very agreeable right away and then it started being confirmed to us so there was a lady who came maybe the second or third time we opened the door and she said I come to this parking lot and prayed for God to send a church here and she said you're the answer to that prayer and I said, well, you prayed us into existence then. And then um, a couple started coming and the woman was very prophetic. And she said she and Melissa were friends and Melissa had called her after we had asked her to join us in starting this church. And she said, 
guess what? And this friend said, I already know, you're going to start a church, aren't you? And so it, we just had all this confirmation that we were supposed to do it. And it was terrifying. I'm not going to lie. I'm a, I'm a retired school teacher. I'd been an administrator some too at the end of my career. Um, Earl was ranching. He had been in banking. We neither one. We don't have seminary degrees. We, I've taught lots and lots of Bible studies over the years. I love the Lord. I love the Word of God, but I never saw myself pastoring a church. Now I look back and I realize my years of in education were really preparing me, and it wasn't a huge leap from what I did in education to this. I'm still mm -hmm. just a teacher. I'm not a preacher. I just teach. Um, God speaks to me through His Word. He always has, even when I was a child. I've, I've never felt like I couldn't hear God speak to me. And I, that doesn't make me special in any way. I just feel like I had people around me who encouraged me to hear from God. And I knew Him as a child. And so it wasn't ever um, difficult. Not that I don't question whether God is that you or is that me. I do, just like everyone else does. But I didn't see myself pastoring a church, leading a congregation. But I absolutely love it and feel like everything I've done in my life up to this point was to bring me to this, that this is really the fulfillment of what God created me to do. And I absolutely love it. And I don't think it's over. I mean, I think I'm going to learn new things and my desire is that other people will start, rise up and start teaching and preaching and and that we'll be like the church in the book of Acts, that everyone had a piece to share and everyone starts sharing and it's not just one person up on the stage with a microphone. Yeah. I hope that we're headed that direction. I think we are. I think so too. As people become bolder and they get out of their church box mm -hmm. and their religious mindset, I think, I think we will we'll do it too. I think you do a good job of teaching instead of preaching, too. Thanks. I've always got that vibe from you. <laughs> well, I it's just who I am. And uh, so, you know, we're different than traditional church. And a lot of that comes from some really dark and hard times in my life when I hung on to God, but... I felt like church let me down, mm -hmm. and I had to fake it uh, to go be part of church. I couldn't share the dark and hard and difficult things that were going on in my life, and yeah. you know, you just plaster those smiles on and go in and act like everything's wonderful, and I don't want us to be like that. I know we all still do to a degree, and we can't all just come in and toss our basket of dirty laundry in the middle of the room, right. but if we can't be real with each other, if if the body of Christ cannot support each other um, in the same way. You and I were talking about breaking arms, you know, and how that changes you. The rest of your body compensates. When I broke my arm, I broke my right arm. I very inept with my left hand. Mm -hmm. I became pretty good with my left hand and still to this day can do some things with my left hand that I could not do before I broke my right arm. So if the body of Christ does not pick up the slack for each other, if we're not real with each other and we help each other through the pain, right. then who's going to do that? So um, 
I did the same thing when I broke I broke my right arm. I still sand cabinets left-handed because yeah. I learned left-handed. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what I'm thinking is um, a lot of times when people get hurt by the church, they will step away from the church. And I think that you actually need to step closer. Now, you don't have to step to that same church if that's what hurt you, but you need to step closer to the body of Christ and to the people who are actually going to help you. Because if you're in a dark place, darkness is not going to get you out of that place. No, that's a really great comment, Leslie, because, yeah, darkness can't deliver you out of darkness. Only light can do that. And I agree. I think part of it is this religious mindset that Christians are perfect Mm -hmm. and that when they let you down, that somehow God has let you down. I've pulled away from the church myself because of hurt or because of my own lifestyle that I was, there was shame. You know, I was ashamed of what I was doing or where I was in my life. And I, I didn't want the judgment of other Christians. So a lot of that comes from your own self. A lot of times people are not judging you. You're judging yourself. Right. You know there are things you need to do differently and you don't want to. And so you say, oh, the Christians will judge me, so I'm not going to go there. Um, but a lot of it, too, is truly, you know, people hurt people. It happens in families. It happens with people that you love. It happens in friendships. It happens with Christians. And so we can't base how we view God and how we interact with God on people letting us down. God will never let us down. And so sometimes if you pull away from people, just don't pull away from God. And yes, we do. We do need each other. You know, cut one of your appendages off and throw it out in the yard and see how long it can live by itself. It can't. Uh, We have to stay connected. I agree with that. Um, Okay, let's see. So what would you say is like the most important lesson that you've learned in the last four years? Oh, wow. I've learned so many things. I mean, there wouldn't be anyone in this whole family of salt of the earth that probably could say they've changed more than I have. Probably the biggest thing that I have learned is to get over myself, Mm -hmm. to just not take myself too seriously to not think I can't save anyone. I'm not the savior. Mm -hmm. All I can do is point you to the savior. I can allow Jesus to conform me into his likeness. And if you are close to me and you see things in me that look like Jesus and you want to mimic those things, great. But there's still a lot of Cindy and Cindy. And so I'm, I'm submitting all the time myself more and more to the likeness of Christ. Mm-hmm. And as he matures me, I hope that I'm able to lead others into the maturing in the kingdom of God as well. But we're in this together. Mm-hmm. And this isn't about me, and it's not about you, and it's about all of us together that we are connected. And that's a thing I've learned too, is that the spirit of the living God came on the day of Pentecost. Jesus said, I will not leave you orphans, but I will come back to you. And he did. After he said that, 10 days after he said that, 40 days after his resurrection, he was with the disciples teaching them. Then 10 days after his ascension, he came back as the Spirit. You can read about it in Acts 2. And the Spirit of God came down 
one spirit came down and divided itself into tongues of fire and entered each person who believed. And it still is happening today. That is how God comes. He comes in spirit because God is spirit. The Bible tells us over and over, Jesus came in a body that that spirit lived in. But now that exact same spirit that lived in Jesus now lives in each one of us. And that connects all of us. But the outside is different. Everyone's outside. The diversity is so good. God loves all the flavors. But the spirit on the inside is the same. Mm -hmm. So I've, that has been a real uh, learning experience for me in the last four years. To really get that. To really understand that the body of Christ is one body. Jesus is the head, but he is the spirit. He is the life force in each one of us. And it connects us. We're one. We're one with him. We're one with each other. Yeah. Um, you said something interesting. Um, you said there's still Cindy in Cindy, um, <laughs> which was funny to me because I think sometimes I get stuck on the narrative of like, um, you know, we want to be so filled with Jesus that it like pours out of us. But at the same time, I think the like, take me out and put you in prayer. I don't really like that because like God created you and he created Cindy and he created Leslie and you know there are attributes that the world has you know put into us that we do want to get rid of yes. but he created you so he loves you and he wants you to be you just you know like his version of you you know exactly well and I you know and that's all that religious mindset too of God I'm nothing you are everything mm -hmm. well I, I'm sure sometimes God is like, well, shoot, I wanted to use you in the world. You, I, you have that personality and the gifts that would perfectly help this person over here, but you, you can't be nothing right. because I created you to be something in me and that I'm in you. And so you're exactly right. That is a That really is wonderful that you don't have that old religious mindset of, I'm just a worthless worm. God, you're everything. No. We are new creations in Christ Jesus. We are sons and daughters. We're supposed to look just like our big brother, Jesus. Mm -hmm. But we're going to have our own qualities, gifts, characteristics, personalities that make us unique, that fits the part of the kingdom that God needs to reach people. Right. Well, and I think, too, you know, one thing that I've learned over the last four years is um, the personality trait that you hate the most about yourself or that, you know, in the back of your mind, you're like, nobody likes that about me, or that's awful, and I shouldn't be that way, or whatever. That is the personality trait that God wants you to use, and it's like usually the enemy being like, oh, no, nobody wants to hear you, you yes. know, talk to him. Nobody wants to hear that. Yes. And it's like, no, God put that voice in you yes. on purpose. Yes. And that's you're stifling very good. it. <laughs> that's very good, Leslie. That's, that's great wisdom, and it is. God will use... Our, our greatest strength is always our backside weakness. And you're right. So the enemy is always telling us, hate, hate that part of yourself. And mm -hmm. God is saying, let me refine that part of yourself mm -hmm. so that it becomes a weapon in my hand. Yeah. And you're exactly right. I love that. Okay. So let's see what else we got. Um, so when you, do you get scared like every week or are you over that? Because I would be like... <laughs> Every single week, I'd be like, oh, I don't think I should do this today. <laughs> you know, I started out terrified. 
In fact, that first service we had here, and we only had, like I said, like 12 people, and several of them were family, and, and the others were people, some of them were people I didn't know very well yet, uh, but God had drawn them to us. But they were all friendly and full of grace and love toward me. No one was judging me, but I was terrified, I think, of failing God, that what if I've missed heard him what if I'm not supposed to do this what if, and if, like you're saying that's the enemy because my backside weakness has always been I talk too much and God says I want to refine that and use your voice to speak my words yeah so yes I was terrified and I was for quite some time and I would I would worship and I would try to enter in without because I knew fear would block the anointing and I didn't want to have any fear mm -hmm. so I would ask God to take it away and one Sunday, Melissa ended their worship with that song, I can't think of the name of it, but where Jesus is speaking to Lazarus and telling him to come out of the tomb. Mm -hmm. And and the chorus is, I knew that you would come. Right. And, you know, it's like Lazarus talking back to Jesus, I knew that you would come. And the Lord just spoke to me and he said, don't you know, I'll come. You open wide your mouth and I will fill it with good things. I will come. And so I, I, it just gave me incredible peace. And since that time, whenever I start feeling nervous or a little bit anxious, I just remember, oh, you will come. I'm, it's not gonna be me speaking. I don't want it to be me speaking. That's my greatest fear is that I will I'll mess things up. And so he's just like, I'll come and I'm gonna use your voice and I'm gonna use your mind and I'm gonna use your quirky little stories and your little analogies you use and all of those things. Just don't worry about them, just give them to me and I'll do it. Uh, open wide your mouth and I will fill it with good things. And so, no, I'm really not nervous anymore. I, I you know, when I do a wedding or a funeral or something that's a little outside my, you know, my weekly routine, Sometimes that makes me a little nervous, but it's never about getting in front of people. I'm not nervous. I, I spent my whole career standing in front of a room full of people talking, you know, mm -hmm. classroom full of people. And and you might fool adults and you might fake adults out, but you don't fool children. Right. And so, you know, you have to be real with kids. So I think the Lord used that a long time ago to kind of get me over not being real. But God is so faithful. If we will just say, okay, God, I just give you my, not just my heart, but all of me. And that doesn't mean I'm nothing. It means that I'm just the vehicle that you're going to use to do what you need to do in the earth to advance the kingdom of God. He'll do it. it it's for everyone. It's not for just a few special people. It's mm -hmm. not just for, oh, this person's called to be a pastor and this one's called to be a missionary and this one's called to be a worship leader and this one. You know, the, those are not special people. Those are people that that's their gifting. But if you are checking groceries at the grocery store and you interact with people for the kingdom of God and you've surrendered yourself to that God today, whatever I do, let it, the light of you touch people. You don't even have to ever say the name of Jesus or quote a Bible verse or say anything about church. Just mm -hmm. be you being Jesus in the earth and right. it will touch people. Yeah, sometimes it's just smiling at someone, you know. Absolutely. Just being light. Um, I can't remember what podcast I was listening to the other day. They were talking about um, 
like when you go to heaven and the guy said something that like made me like like shook me which you may be too old to you know <laughs> anyway <laughs> but he was talking about he's like what about when you get to heaven and like what if you get up there and God shows you like your twin like a version of you and it's like this is everything you could have been every potential everything that I gave you that you could have been and like this you know and so you compare yourself to what you could have been if you had listened when he was talking to you you know and he was like my biggest fear is that I'm not like twins with that person like that person could be you know like so much better and had all these amazing things happen or do all these amazing things but I wasn't listening so I didn't like do all of that I just thought that was an interesting like take yeah, on that it. is interesting I uh, actually had a similar kind of thing years ago probably 20 or more years ago I read a book and a guy had a dream that he got to heaven and it was filled uh, that he was in a warehouse and it was shelves filled with these white boxes and he asked God what the what were in the boxes and he said those were the blessings and the gifts and the experiences that I that I wanted you to have and they and these are the ones that are still in heaven that you never used on earth mm -hmm. and that really shook me it's the same yeah. kind of experience of wow I don't want to leave anything undone right. I, I and and we get that concept that God is not a God bound by time space and distance and when he looks at us as new creations in Christ he sees Jesus we say that in the church but we don't believe that mm -hmm. because we don't act like that if we believed it we would start acting like we believe that God doesn't look at our flaws and our humanity he looks at who he created us to be and he knows we're human because he came to be in a human body himself he knows mm -hmm. what humanity is like and when we get over ourselves and we get over our humanity and really that's what getting over yourself is is that you get over the fact that you're not perfect right. you get over the fact that you can't do everything right that everything that you are is who God's made you to be and you're being conformed into the image of Christ you're being transformed faith to faith and glory to glory just bit by bit he's making you just like him as you give up your right to hold on to who you think you should be mm -hmm. and just surrender to who he says you are it's much better yeah you actually preached something I don't know if it was last week or the week before that was kind of similar that like hit me really hard when you said um, if you don't like step up when God's telling you to somebody he will send someone else but that someone else gets that blessing and that someone else gets that gift and like you yes. missed it like you're not gonna hurt God's plan by not doing it he's just gonna send someone else but you could hurt yourself by not doing it because you're gonna miss out yeah yeah that's that's it uh, and I believe that with all my heart I see it in the scripture I see you know God allowed Israel to have a king and and they chose Saul and and God anointed him to be the king but he didn't do things God's way so God raised up a man after his own heart who brought Israel into the fullness of being the nation he wanted her to be in reunited the two kingdoms of, of Judah and Israel because God's plan is never going to be thwarted in the earth. God is never stressed out. God is never worried. He's never in chaos. He's never in a, a transition between a decision of like, oh, plan A didn't work, so let's try plan B. No, God's plan is the plan. Mm -hmm. There's no A and B, and it will work 
And we choose whether we partner. We choose whether we're going to participate in it. If you say no, you may wander in the wilderness for 40 years and then your children go into the promised land. But God will accomplish his plan in the earth because time is not a constraint with God. Time's a constraint with us. And I don't want to miss anything God has for me. And, you know, going back, and I I don't know if this would be relevant, actually, to that first question you asked me about starting the church. After we started the church, I had a conversation with someone about Catherine Kuhlman, which people can look her up if they want to. I had to look her up because I really didn't know who she was, um, about how she had asked God why he chose her to do the ministry she did. And he told her, her that he had chosen I think I think it was three, I don't remember the number, other men, and they had said no, so he had chosen her. And so the next morning after I heard that, in my quiet time, I asked the Lord, Lord, did you ask other men to do this ministry of salt of the earth before me? And as clear as I've ever heard anything, it wasn't an audible voice, but in my spirit, I heard God say, 10. And I was like, like, 10 men you asked 10 men to do this and they didn't say yes so i'm like your 11th choice (laughs) which is fine with me but i don't want there to be a 12. yeah i just want it to stop with me i want to fulfill whatever and i know people will build on what i do and i'm willing to hand this to whomever the next person is to take it and run with it you know i know this is a relay with race this isn't the the end all be all i'm not i i'm just starting it and so, I, wherever, whenever, and whomever God says, now it's time to pass the baton, if that's tomorrow, if that's 10 years from now, if it's the end of my life, whatever God says, I want to be faithful to run the race that there isn't a 12. Mm-hmm. But I just, that's all God needs for me is just continually say, yes, yes, God, what do you say? And yes. Well, I had the like, how did you become a pastor? But I feel like that really rounds it out like perfectly. So maybe we'll just pray and close it. Okay. Yeah. I feel like that came full circle. But. Yeah. <laughs> God works those things yeah. out, doesn't he? Okay. Well, I open it, so you focus. So, Father God, you are such a good, good Father. You are always good, and all you do is good. And Jesus even said, I came to show you who the Father is. I came, when you see me, you see you see the Father, and you are good. And Lord, we receive the life that Jesus came to give us, abundant life, and that you're able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask for imagine. So Lord, even our wildest, biggest dreams, you exceeded. And Lord, I'm just asking for everyone that listens to this to, to say yes, to say yes to you, to say yes, God, I believe that you are God, that Jesus came to be my Savior, and that I can live the fullest of the destiny you have for me. And I ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Good job. I think that's